So we have here, remind me, we have here, who do we have here on the air? Anybody want to tell me who's here? Is this, you handed it to me on a piece of paper. I'm sorry about that. And uh, this? This is Holly, Janelle, and Amy? Not in that order. Not in that order. Holly, Janelle, Amy, welcome to the show. <laughs> you like that? What do you want? I, 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 was not, I was not handing things in proper form. What can I tell you? Anyway, uh, these three ladies are three people who could tell this remarkable story of the last uh, six weeks. Um, where do we begin? Uh, do we begin with the, uh, with, the, 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 with the bad or the good? With the damage that this community has suffered or with the incredible volunteerism and the amazing stories that have gone on uh, to give people hope and to really help people start rebounding? Where do we start? Well, I think the two of them are so intertwined. When people saw in the community the level of flooding and damage, then my son and, and, and other people, Janelle's son, um, Avi Passi, they went out in canoes, they rescued... 12, 13, 14 families, got people out that needed medication, helped them, and that was the initial initial response on the ground. Did you, did you know your kids had it in them to get into a canoe and start rescuing people? Yes. <laughs> you knew it? <laughs> you, you knew they were the adventurous type? My son's definitely the adventurous type, but I was a little concerned because this is type this is the type of thing that even like the Houston Fire Department, right? Are, they're professionals, and even they they would lost, hesitate, right? Well, they lost some people, and you know, the, one of their canoes overturned. It was it's really dangerous. It's serious work. So I was glad I knew about it kind of afterwards. <laughs> I don't blame you. And they were responsible, as you said, for a large number of people being rescued, which is pretty amazing. Sam Pollock, who was just here, who yeah. spent 12 hours on his kitchen counter, uh, counter right. and being a double uh, transplant right. recipient, he couldn't be in that contaminated water. I mean, what he had what, to do his best to stay away from right. it. Right. I mean, all of our kids got sick one way or another. I just told Holly today that her son would complained of um, after effects of being in this contaminated water right. also. So. Uh, yeah. it's, it was a big uh, disaster that could have happened that didn't, but there were still, it was dangerous. Yeah, was I got to make this point to the audience. It's so important. Aside from the fact, and we've heard so many stories and seen so many pictures, aside from the fact that people are wading through three, four feet of water, that water is... Not spring water. <laughs> that water is filthy, <laughs> contaminated, can certainly lead to, to sickness, as you indicated. And it just adds a whole new layer of you know, challenge to deal with when you're in that type of emergency situation. Right. That's correct. It requires antibiotics. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. As she knows, her daughter got sick. My daughter got sick. I mean, it was really uh, right. just from helping other people. My daughter's in uh, sixth grade. So uh, she was helping to clear up and to muck out. Um, Holly's son was uh, out there being one of the first responders. And, and some of the people who were, who were rescued were very vulnerable people. So it was very difficult to get them out. Elderly, couldn't Elderly, move around Elderly, all ill. And so there was uh, a number of uh, overturned. And, and the water stayed around for a long time. So everyone who had something that touched the water had to get rid of it so once the water 
kind of uh, once the bathtub opened, right. right? Then Janelle had to was somehow appointed the point person to help everybody muck out and take out, and and our kids at the Robert M. Barron Academy. They actually were excused from finals if they volunteered to help mucking out. So we had one kid who arranged for all these groups of kids to come in and just help people throw away their lives, basically. Throw away their family uh, photos and their books and their all the, you know, you don't go out and buy a house full of furniture. You take it piece by piece by piece. And you have your pictures and you have your collectibles and you have all of that. And these are mostly one-story houses. So it's it's different from what happened in um, in New York and that's with Sandy. And that's it, this People is, had somewhere to run to. That's right. They had their second stories. A lot of it was the basements were flooded right. in, in Sandy. But here, this is your entire first, your entire, your entire only floor that gets flooded and so you lose everything. Uh, Barron School has how many students approximately? Uh, about 300 okay. students of from EC, ECE, whatever, early childhood right. all the way through 12th grade. Of the 300, how many yeah. were directly affected by this devastation? What's the, the estimate? 12% of the so kids. So a good, a good number yeah, in the school right, and right. obviously as you said many of them who were not would then volunteer and get involved in the whole process. Right. Even the ones who were infected were volunteering. Right. right. So they were out there. Avi Passi was one who was right out there immediately rescuing people when they're in his boat and his family's swimming across the street to higher ground. Yeah. The so. Baron School has made a national reputation for itself for Jewish <laughs> for Jewish heroism in general. Did they come through the students in this case? Absolutely. In the area of Jewish they were heroism. phenomenal. <laughs> 1,000 hours. Anybody they doesn't know what I'm talking about can Google it. But <laughs> Baron's always made a statement about being out there and being uh, filled with Jewish pride. They demonstrated they, a lot of pride yeah, in this case as well. They really did. 1,000 hours. 60 high school students and 1,000 volunteer hours that were counted so far. Not, right. and that's not all in yet. And the middle school kids were also helping to what, make sandwiches and to do right. other things. In and whatever way they can help. And the other thing is a lot of these families were housing displaced families as well, giving their clothes away. It, it's just, it has been a phenomenal community experience and a phenomenal achdud experience also not just among the various shades of orthodoxy right. here I mean, we were calling Chabad, Rav Chaim where do, where do you need, <laughs> we, got a, we got a house here, can you go there, do you got a team here, can we go there I, it was just really I, I spent 18 years in New York, I've never seen anything quite like this and um, it, it was phenomenal and it, it, there's a lot of pride but now we got to clean up and our shul is is we're back to one room. I mean, you know, my daughter's got a bat mitzvah coming up. What are you going to do with that? Right. So you're referring, I assume, to our Gelman Shul. Rabbi right? Gelman, yes. And we were there today. The room you're referring to is essentially, I guess, a social hall. It's now been converted into an everything room, right? right. An all-purpose room at this yeah, point, including right. davening. I mentioned that, uh, and by the way, Rabbi Gelman, uh, I said this earlier in the show, very dear to so many people in the New York, New Jersey area, old friend of all of ours, and he'd be here if he wasn't away out of town. He'd be here, I'm sure at the show and we had a chance to visit his shul today and and saw the outside of his devastated home as well which so many of us saw photos online uh, and I keep saying that we thought that we'd walk into at least I thought I'd walk into the shul today and see some semblance of recovery it's just the opposite they've stripped the shul and the entire sanctuary completely bare right. to this point and the only thing that is in any type of uh, you know any type of has any type of action is that one room you describe right. but the entire school that's there and the 
this main sanctuary and the supplemental sanctuary and it's it's all in but a state of devastation. I think then again our community has come through for us. The school is temporarily relocating right. um, to another place for two years. Right. Brit Shalom right. graciously agreed to host them. Um, the Beth Yashurin has, has graciously agreed to help us with all of our Simcha'ot and other things that we are doing. And uh, so it's, it, it may be small in the one room, but I think we have an amazing community that stands behind us and stands with us. So oh, I no. think we will recover. No question about it. I don't want to lose the emphasis on the positive because there is so much positive that we saw. Uh, just many of us who care didn't realize that you know the community is going through what they're going through. That's the other all. thing is, so tomorrow night we're going to have a meeting to decide what, as a congregation, right. we want to do right. with the, the synagogue building. Rebuild, move, do something different, whatever it well, is. Well, there's right. only there are limited choices right. because of two things. One are the, the available locations, and the other is quite honestly money, because we only I mean the same people who uh, are would we would go to for a capital campaign. They're rebuilding houses. Sure. So plus, yeah. they don't know when the next storm's coming. Right. So we all have to mitigate against that, and we're going to have some pretty high up houses <laughs> when we're we're done. Can we you beat the water them. eventually? <laughs> can you can you build your house high enough <laughs> to beat the water? Right. I mean, that's going to be the race. You know, can you get up six feet? So it's uh, it, and we're just really worried about keeping the community together. I mean, I moved from New York 18 years. I love it here. It's a great place to raise kids. You know, you don't have to schlep the stroller to the grocery store in three feet of snow. It's really wonderful. No snow down here. No, it's just not that much. Um, but, you know, are we going to be able to keep it together? And that's what we're facing now. Um, and I'm sure people up in New York and New Jersey, they get it because of Sandy. Because, you know, there were people... I mean, I will tell you, one of our friends in the shul, he had his entire house knocked off of his foundation by the force of the water. Right. I mean, that, that's incredible. So... Um, we remember that from Sandy. Yeah. Lots, lots of that happened. Yeah. And in fact, one of the families with, with three little kids, they came down after Sandy. They swam across this, this uh, torrent of water this time to get their kids to higher ground to safety. And they said, look, they were renting. They're, they're lucky. But everyone's got a choice to make now. Yeah, and, no it's, uh, and we uh, thank you for coming down here also because to, to also for us to know that people care about us outside of Houston and it's more than just our little community trying to keep things together and keep the families um, solid. Holly, Janelle, and Amy, I thank all of you. How hard is it to get a hold of a canoe, by the way? <laughs> um, actually, people have them now in their houses. They do have they them. Do. Home, so they so have it wasn't that difficult. They, they've got them. I just found it funny. Yeah, my kids grabbed a canoe and went and said, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, wow, how fast can you get a canoe? <laughs> Thank you very much, ladies. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Kalakavod. Uh, some amazing people doing incredible work and leading wonderful families in the aftermath of uh, the big storm. The Matzei Shvu is Memorial Day storm here in uh, Houston, Texas. Don't forget the web address where you can donate, HoustonJewish.org slash Houston Flood. Again, that's HoustonJewish.org slash Houston Flood. 